everyone. Welcome back. Oh, my mic's a bit loud. Let me turn that down a little bit there. There we go. That's nice. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm just Hi. looking at Audacity. I'm looking at my sounds just like going through the roof. So, uh, so yes, welcome back. Everyone's level three. Everyone's leveled up. Uh, let's take just a brief moment to uh, talk about some of the more interesting features of hitting level three. Because level three, in my opinion, is when you finally start being able to, you know, be competent at stuff. Not great. Not good. But not awful anymore. That's it. You're not awful anymore. So Woo-hoo! let's start with, I don't know, let's start with Arlen. Arlen, what does Arlen have that's new to level three? The, uh, just the interesting stuff. You don't have to go over everything. So let's see. Um, I have the uh, brew potion feat, which is fun to uh, play with as uh, an artificer. And as an artificer, it's uh, I have to do a roll uh, D- DC 20 plus spell level uh, to see if I can actually use a spell. But if I succeed then i can then make a level three or below uh potion of a level three or below spell so that's kind of the uh, coolest thing and um also arlen tends to favor her bow a lot so she took um precise shot so she doesn't get a penalty when she's shooting into melee which is a huge thing um and what about your weird science devices do you know what those are yet uh yeah so going to be i have um go go gadget legs (laughs) or sorry go go gadget shoes uh which is a a parody off of a cat's grace and so these shoes have like extra cushion and spring and so it allows me to be much more graceful and uh built off of cat's grace so a plus four to uh, my dexterity the best thing about that is I just imagine someone wearing these shoes for the first time and graceful would not be the word I would use to describe it. <laughs> well, but, it's, you know, it's yeah. attached to my uh, prosthetic foot, you know, right? so it gives me a little bit more bounce and spring. A more and, you, you become yeah. a plus four to your uh, 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 dexterity, which gives you a modifier of plus two whenever they're activated. So that's nice. So plus two to your AC, plus two to range attacks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, anything else interesting for Arlen? Uh, I don't know. I think right, that's then. it. Uh, how about... Oh, uh, oh yeah, I got it a, ma- a meta magic feat, so I can extend whatever potions there last twice as long. Uh, so you got extend for your meta magic feat. Yes. Nice, nice. Uh, so yeah, when she crafts potions or scrolls, uh, she can use the meta magic feat extend to make uh, like basically uh, if there's a potion of invisibility, which is like uh, one minute per level, she could use meta magic extend to I think double the duration of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it raises the level of the potion or scroll, so uh, that is that is actually super cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with auto. Anything fun or new at level three? Uh, so far, the two things I've got is uh, a variation of taunt called provoke aggression or something like that it's an immediate action when when an ally gets attacked Mm -hmm. and i got a new revelation which is uh armor mastery uh basically for now it allows me to run faster with heavy armor because before i was only going four squares a turn which is a bit brutal yeah it's a bit so that's good working on my feet at the moment 
neat, neat. Uh, okay, yeah, he's looking up his feet. Yeah, it's uh, it's it can be hard to remember, but in Pathfinder, every odd level you get a feat. So unless your class specifically says you don't for some reason. All right, let's go with uh, Weary next. Anything fun or new? I know you do, but anything fun or new from Weary? Uh, I did pick up a new feat, so I got um, Dodge, which gives me a plus one to AC. Um, and I picked up a couple new spells mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just for fun. And now I get to cast... Um, now I get to channel, well, not not cats, but I get to channel energy five times a day. Correct. Uh, well, yes, and, and and at 2d6. Yes. Which is a huge thing. You know, being able to heal everyone in the party for 2d6 is really big. Yep. Um, so uh, that and is... on top of that, if that doesn't put you back to full health with the five times a day I get to do that, I just picked up Cure Moderate Rooms, so there you go. Bam. All right. And then Amelia. Uh, Amelia multiclassing into Monk, I believe, was it? Uh, yeah, she's going to be kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> got, got... <laughs> or, you know. She's going for that quivering palm attack? Yeah, no. sure. <laughs> no, uh, um, level 3 no. sorcerers, uh, anything fun or interesting there? Um... She gets a whole new level one spell, which is fun. And access to level two spells. No, wait, sorcerers don't, do they? Not until level four. I, I don't know, oracles don't. Not so maybe they're the level same. Four. Yeah, yeah, me, me so and you both, man. We're behind um, the curve. But yeah, uh, there's that. And then I get a bloodline spell. Super nifty. Chill touch. Yeah, we can have some good times with that. Uh-huh. Good. Alright. Um and I I I get plus four resistance to cold. Oh wow. We we, we won't know. Or no, that. plus five, my bad. <laughs> well, we won't know what bloodline you are at all. And plus <laughs> to damage resistance, I guess? Well, non-lethal damage. <clears throat> oh, wow. That's actually not yeah. bad. I mean, damage yeah. resistance is a big thing. It's rare to see it at such an early level in any form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what it's called? Just to, just in case you didn't guess right off the bat what her bloodline is? Uh-huh. It's, it's Death's Gift. That, that's the name of the power. You have such but, an uplifting anyway. character. Uh, <laughs> I, a, a sterling role model for any any upcoming adolescent. <laughs> yeah, and a great person to have in a party with a cleric whose two domains are good and healing. Look, man. What? Having a hard time. Death isn't evil. <laughs> it's just it's the not. undeath. It's a natural actually. process. Yeah. Yeah, you could say the undeath is the evil part. Um, there's no, oh, there's nothing evil here. But I think she'll get there. Oh well, see now you're just being judgmental. <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, that's uh, level yeah, three. Uh, level three is still a very early level. So, but um, but there is a huge difference, and I think level three is when you start seeing it. A huge difference between the me- middle levels and say level one, or even level two. 
Um, okay, so when last we left, last session, you guys had uh, uh, braved thick and thin. Um, you 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 had braved uh, deserting soldiers, uh, cannibalistic murderers, uh, people with masterwork spears and good equipment who I swear are really good fighters. Even if it you doesn't keep seem saying like that. Uh, dangerous fishmen, all for the sake of saving one cow. Um, who is now currently asleep on Amelia's lap in uh, Citadel Volshnik. Uh, you guys successfully completed... Yeah, you guys are going to have to tell me how the, the, uh, whole the meeting, meeting goes. Thing yeah. goes. I don't think I'm going to be moving anyway. <laughs> so, uh, and as yeah. we last left last session, you were meeting uh, Chrysidia and uh, a friend of hers um, to yeah. discuss the next step of your quest to find Gadrian Lamb, which is uh Dear Vargo and Eel's End. So, uh, with that, I think we'll start right there with everyone uh, heading towards Chrysidia's main office, with the exception, of course, of Amelia, who has uh, have we have we have we officially named it yet? Has, is there a name? No, not yet. No, okay, no. the cow <laughs> is asleep on Amelia's lap. Um, when you all, uh, approach Chrysidia's office, uh, you see her sitting behind the desk, chatting fairly pleasantly, um, with a very interesting character. I'm going to show them to you now. Uh, uh, a man who looks to be in his, uh, middle-aged, later middle-aged, maybe late 40s, early 50s, uh, fairly physically fit, though. Uh, white hair tied back in a ponytail, uh, fair, very elegant clothing. Uh, while it, it's it's simple dress, it's just a a, a, a blouse and slacks and boots. Uh, they oh, are very <laughs> yes, with the DV. Uh, they're a very fine material. This uh, I'm just gonna let you know. This is not what he's wearing right now. Uh, this is what he wears. Are when you he does sure? His job. Yeah. Um, Arlen, anyone who has knowledge and nobility, give me a check. You may have already done this in the past, but let's just do that. Good. Yeah. Oh. Give me a second. I got to find my skills on here. Here we go. Okay. 16. So Arlen, yeah. Yep. Arlen rose 16. And 14. Okay. Both of you. Both of you would recognize this person. This person's name is uh, Van Carlo. Um, his, uh, actual full name, uh, escapes, uh, escapes me at the moment. Give me one second. Uh, uh, Van Carlo Orsini. Um, he is famous or, or fairly well known throughout the city as a, a legendary sword master. He has a school over in Old Corvosa where he teaches people the art of the sword and he is incredibly skilled and has built a reputation for himself. So much so that Arlen uh, and Murray, even though you know that he is uh, of a minor noble house, he is actually a noble of Corvosa. That's not what he's known for. He's known for being uh, a sword master. So what you're seeing here in the picture is more what he wears when he's training people. Um, at the time, at the moment, what he's wearing is 
not too unsimilar. He doesn't have uh, he has a glove on both hands, but not like a thick glove, just regular like uh, fine silk or some other material gloves, a a billowing shirt without the dipping neckline uh, and simple, but uh, very well-made leather uh, trousers. Uh, he looks very pristine, very proper. He sits up straight in his chair. Uh, he shows the signs certainly of being from a noble house. Um, and uh, as you walk in, their conversation stops and, uh, he stands up and he says, ah, these must be your friends, Chrysidia. And what lovely friends indeed, he says, looking at Arlen. <laughs> and he takes Arlen's hand and he does like a flourishing bow and kisses Arlen's hand and says, uh, my name is Van Carlo Orsini. It is a pleasure yeah, so to meet you. <laughs> Hello. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, of course. <laughs> Fantastic. And of course to you as well, and he'll uh, nod his head to Miri, and you, he'll nod his head to Otto. I have heard many things about you from my good friend here. I hope uh, I hope you don't believe everything you've heard. <laughs> well, in uh, my position in the city, it's best to always assume everything you hear could be true, but to never believe it until you see for yourself. That's how I always like to uh, approach things. Ah, a woman after my own heart. Please, here. And he'll pull out a chair for Arlen to sit. Oh, thank you. Such a kind gentleman as well. Yes, well. What, what, it, what, what is a man if not a gentleman, right? And he looks at Otto as he says that, like... <laughs> Otto looks unimpressed. Completely. <laughs> he kind of like, he laughs, like trying to share the laugh with Otto. And then when there's silence, he goes, huh. Anyway. And he'll just like go and he'll sit down. Uh, do do the you other two take your seats? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're both down. I'll sit. Okay. Uh, so... When the rest of you have sit or, or stand as as uh, as you do, uh, Chrysidia says, "Well, uh, despite his flourishing, Van Carlo is actually a very good man and a very good friend, and I think he can be of help to you." Uh, well, uh, Van Carlo, if you would, and Van Carlo, Van Carlo sits uh, sits down and. Uh, kind of like uh, adjust his clothing and says, as, as much as I would enjoy continuing conversation, getting to know you all, I fear that we don't have the time. Or more to the point, I shouldn't be seen here too long. See, I love this city. I have a great desire to protect this city, and I as few people know, go out of my way to do just that. However, my position as a noble, even that of a minor house, puts me in a bit of a troubling position. There are a lot of people out there that um, would love to know that I was behind some of the things that have happened uh, to keep the city safe. And as I'm sure you can understand, my position of prominence, minor as it may be, makes that difficult. So the less time I'm here at the Citadel, the better. I, I hope you understand. Sure. Good, 
Good. Well, then, to the point. Chrysidia has given me some information. Um, you're looking for a man that has wronged you. Could you perhaps fill in some of the details for me? Um, we are ultimately looking for uh, Gadrian, but we were given the name Devargo as perhaps uh, an individual that could lead us to Gadrian. I see. Well, Dervargo is a character that um, has many shady dealings, though he's very, very good at keeping them under wraps. Uh, Eel's End, of course, everyone knows about, but he pays his vice taxes, so therefore he's legally permitted to do the illegal acts. And he gives a very, like, disgusted look on his face as he says that. However... I know for a fact that he deals in things that he would rather the guard not know. The problem is finding evidence. I fear that if Dervargo is your target for finding this Gadrian, uh, you have your work cut out for you. But it may not be impossible. See, it's come to my attention that there is uh, an ambassador who uh, has been a thorn in the city's side for quite some time. Uh, his name is Darvenye Gios Ambri. He hails from Chiliax and is a, an ambassador. And he does love to spend time drinking and carousing. It has reached my ears through uh, underworld channels that Dervargo has attained a certain number of letters from his possession, apparently one during a card game. Letters that could be used to blackmail the ambassador. Uh, letters of a sensitive nature to a nobleman's wife. I'm sure you can see where this is going. He is looking, Dervargo, I mean, to auction them off. Or, more precisely, to find a buyer. Uh, apparently, the pickings have been fairly slim, because for most people, the ambassador isn't a problem. To me, and really to anyone that cares about Corvosa, having leverage over him would be a good thing, because he is constantly speaking uh, and undermining Corvosa's independence. So, to be able to acquire these letters would be very advantageous to us so that we can prevent him from uh, undermining the system more. The economy, to be the point. He's trying to, as far as I can tell, buy up large portions of the city from desperate landholders. Then he plans to establish himself uh, in a position of power here before advising the end of sanctions with his allies in Chiliax. We can't let this happen. It would hurt Corvosa. But I do ramble on. This is not your concern. Where this helps you is simply that I could use those letters. And you need a way to approach Dervargo. He's not exactly someone that you can just walk up to. So, if you approach as buyers for uh, an 
man who I will give you the information for, who has been completely fabricated by me and through great effort has been seen as a real person in the underworld, perhaps this would get you in front of Dervargo. You can then negotiate for the letters and for whatever else information you seek from him. That might be uh, agreeable. What do you guys think? Sounds he good. He to auction the letters off, but what does he want for them? Money, mostly. Money. He's a simple man, if not greedy. And auction might not be the best word. As far as I can tell, he hasn't had many, if any, buyers yet. Like I said, this ambassador does a good job of greasing the right palms so that most of the people that could afford this information don't care. How do you assume he will afford it? I'm sorry? How do you assume he will afford it? Oh, my dear sweet lady, I don't. I will, of course, give you the funds to uh, attempt to per- make the transaction. I see. But I can't do this myself, as I explained before. My position would make that, well, I can't be seen around Eel's End. That would cause me no end of trouble, as um, public as I am. Sounds like we have nothing to lose. You give us money. We get you your letters. We get to see who we want to see. Win-win, right? I hope so. I do stress that this would only get you in front of him. It doesn't guarantee that he will be willing to tell you what you want. Though, he is not an unreasonable man. It is possible to uh, perhaps... I hesitate to use the words befriend, but to at least make him amenable to perhaps giving you the information... And short of that, I doubt I or Chrysidia here would mind if you had to be more forceful. Though, he is very dangerous, and you would be in his domain. As Otto plucks the spikes on his morning star, he says, I'm sure we can find a way to persuade him. (laughs) Yes, Chrysidia speaks very highly of you, and I trust her greatly. So, I tell you what. If you're willing to do this, I need a few days to set up, uh, or more importantly, to circulate rumors that my underworld personality is seeking this information, so that when you do get in front of Dervargo, there is some weight to your claim. So how about you meet me in my residence in two days' time? Say, in the evening? Eel's End only operates at night, after all. Sure. Sure. I'll give you the money and uh, any other information I'm able to uh, acquire. And then, well, you do what you do. Sounds, uh, sounds like a good way in. So it's a date? Two days? My lady, I would consider it an honor. And he will stand up again and he will bow. And uh, he'll say, well... I hate to leave so abruptly, and it has been a pleasure, Chrysidia, as always, but uh, I should get back to my students. As, I, again, good evening, and may the days be pleasant to you. Likewise. Oh, one more thing. If you do ever happen to see me in public, just, um, 
I am far more. Uh, what's the word? Well, there is these in a delicate world. Boorish in public to maintain a certain uh, distance from my true pursuits. Do not take it personally. I beg you. Okay. And with that, he will uh, take take up his cloak and uh, exit the room. Chrysidia leans forward. You can trust him. He's a very good friend and a very good actor. You should see him in public. <laughs> Man acts like an oaf. Wow. So he wasn't just acting like an oaf? What was that whole hand-kissing thing? <laughs> Does that work, Arlen? I thought it was charming. Oh. You know. Chrysidia leans back and nods to Otto. I didn't say he's not without his faults. <laughs> so, does that sound so like something you guys are up for? Yeah. Um, not a huge fan of waiting around for two days, but what are you going to do? Oh, I could think of a hundred ways to use the time. Right. Unfortunately, unlike last time, I won't be able to provide you any support if, if for any reason, Dervargo thought you were coming from the Crimson Guard, you would never be allowed an eel's end at all. So the further away I am from this, the better. Though, now that I think of it, Dervargo does his best to maintain his clean reputation. Nothing that would break the vice tax rules. Now, if there is evidence that he is dealing with Gadrian Lamb, a known fugitive, that would, could be seen as harboring and colluding, and that, no matter how many vice taxes he pays, could land him in hot water. Perhaps that's information you could use. Perhaps. We'll definitely keep that in mind. Good. Um, one last thing. Um, yes. How long is that cow going to be here? He, it, she. Sorry, I haven't checked. Is disturbing the horses. We uh, we're working on making plans to uh, move her soon. I appreciate I... that. The city is uh, chaotic enough without our horses being skittish. Uh, I understand. Well, I have a lead on a nice, uh, quiet area near the uh, orphanage. Well, then, I will leave you to it. Uh, as I said, the further away I am from this, the better. So perhaps until eels end, until you get what you need, or until I call on you, perhaps this should be the last visit we have for some time. Not that I don't mind your company at all. In fact, I value it, especially in times like this. But... The last thing I want is to impede your progress. I can certainly understand. Keep your eyes and ears open for anything here on Gadrian Lamb. She nods. I will. Good luck to you. Thank you. She'll nod. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a meeting. The Queen has called several of us urgently about something. I'm not sure, but... Today's day, today, with all the stuff that's going on, who knows? I'm sure you can see yourselves out. 
Sure. Okay. She'll nod and uh, she'll uh, start heading towards the door. Okay. Let's go gather up Amelia and maybe our cow. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you guys exit uh, Amelia. Still just sitting there with the sleeping cow on your lap. Uh-huh. okay well she's still sitting there legs are probably asleep by now oh yeah there's like pins and needles going all the way down to her feet but she 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 can't move a cow not a sleeping cow that's a lot of that's a lot of meat use your magic Wingardium Leviosa, man. <laughs> wrong, uh... Hermione, okay? Oh. oh. Yeah, wrong, wrong field. Sorry, I had a flashback of an alternate life for a second there. But um, Arlen, on the way over, she had picked up some grass. And so she's going to kind of use that to uh, lure the cow up, or, or some of the hay right around there to try and get the cow up and standing. So. Uh, roll me a handle animal check, please. <laughs> roll me a tempt with grass check. Yeah. yeah. Roll me a feed hay to cow check. Where's which skill is that one? Uh, I think that would be your dexterity modifier. No, it's not a profession farmer. <laughs> Just roll me a handle animal check, please. Okay. Hey, that's when you know that the pen and paper game has gone too far in the skill sets. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna use my feed hay to mammals. Oh. Oh, oh yep. you pissed it off. No, no, even worse. So you put the hay in front of it, and when you do, the cow like kind of sniffs, but without waking up, just kind of rolls over, um, <laughs> oh, forcing no! forcing Amelia to have to lie down as the head just like <laughs> like rolls up her body. So now oh. the cow is sleeping on her abdomen. <laughs> like, oh, oh no! Okay, all right, all right, we're going down. Okay, um, help, help, help. By the way, everyone, she rolled a one for the yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I rolled poorly. Good idea. Not, not a good uh, roll. Oh, this is kind of funny. Maybe we should just leave her there. No, we have a couple. We have a couple days. Otto, <laughs> oh, no, don't you dare. <laughs> Okay, um, I will try to lift the cow. <laughs> I will try to aid you. <laughs> First, Arlen, show me um, a uh, uh, just a straight strength check. Oh, are you sure this is not remove bovine from half elf? <laughs> well, I don't know if she has that skill trained, so I'm going with... Oh, oh yeah, you roll good on the lift cow check. So, auto roll and then add two. I'm just going to roll strength and we can figure it out. We're just going to stand... 21! Tw- 23! Yeah, yeah, you and Arlen have no trouble whatsoever lifting the cow. Benching that doesn't, cow. <laughs> doesn't wake up, but you're able to like lift the head and upper body enough for Amelia to like scoot out unceremoniously. By the way, Amelia, you're getting straw and oh, yeah. whatever else. That's all a lot of hair, and it's all just covered. And like cow boogers? everywhere and- 
Yeah. So so uh, oh, Amelia has to like back scoot out very uh, unceremoniously. <laughs> as you can then lay the cow head back down. She gets up and just starts peeling hay out of her hair and has the sad look of just oh. Uh, roll me, roll me a constitution check, real quick, Amelia. Oh, cow poison. You've got mad cow oh, disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So that was a Constitution check. Yes, please. In D and D terms, that's bovine madness. In case anyone's wondering. <laughs> bovine madness. That sounds cooler. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah, if she put that in the headlines. Madness than cow madness. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh? Bovarian spongiform something? So, uh, that's a six. So, Amelia tries (laughs) to stand up. Uh, Her legs are completely asleep, and she falls back down. You've had, like, a hundred-pound head just laying on... Not a hundred-pound, but, like, a fifty- or sixty-pound head just laying on your legs for twenty minutes. Your legs are so asleep, it's not even funny. Wow. This this is a sorry sight, I gotta tell you. (laughs) Uh, well, we were successful in picking up the cow. Uh, Otto, you want to try and help me? Uh, I'm not gonna make you up Amelia. F- fireman carry. All right. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna have Amelia put her over my shoulder. Oh. She just lets out a little squeak of oh, no, please, that's okay. I can, I can walk. I'll walk eventually. I'm taking you. I'm taking you to your mother. You're going home. No, 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 no. That's fine. I can walk. I can walk. Okay, I'll put her down. All right. Uh, yeah. So she you, immediately you can... drops again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, uh, I'm leaving. Way, <laughs> by the way, uh, there are two guards that are standing post off on the other side of the courtyard that are, um, well, from this distance. Is, well, I mean, their shoulders <laughs> are shaking. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh god, Amelia's just beat red under her face paint. Alright, so uh, you guys make your way back towards the orphanage, and we're going to pull out a little narratively here. Um, so you have basically two days uh, before you're to meet uh, Van Carlo in his home, and of course he would have given you directions to uh, where his uh, home and um, training yard is. It's in Old Corvosa. It's not really, it's actually not that far from where the orphanage is. Um, so probably another reason why Muri would probably have at least heard of him. Um, so during this two-day time, uh, I have a few interactions to do, but I'm going to open it up to the players first and see what you guys would be doing during the uh, during the two-day break. Um, so Arlen's going to be in her uh, her lab. Okay. Uh, she's got. Uh... <sighs> so Arlen had discussed with Otto uh, uh, about making a potion, and so she's going to be working on a, a couple of haste potions. And of course, she has to make her go-go gadget legs right. or shoes. So now, uh, are you going to be making the haste potions at um, the normal speed that it takes? Or are you going to be trying to make it faster? Uh, I will. Try to make it faster because that's the po- craft potion, like could, right? That increases the DC for the craft potion. 
You could make one haste potion and drink it to make the other ones faster. (laughs) uh, I just want to let the listeners know. uh, So when it comes to crafting things, normally the the crafter can just take 10, uh, which means that unless they're trying to do something really complicated or they're trying to do it quickly, they can almost always make it. Uh, However, um, because I don't... Like I uh, usually in Pathfinder, they limit like how many magic items you can make a day, and this is to prevent characters from abusing the system and making like in three days six magical items or whatnot. I don't plan on that being an issue in this campaign because you know there's not going to be a whole lot of time for Arlen just to take a month off and (laughs) and make stuff. Um, So I'm kind of raising that restriction. She can make more than one potion a day. so, uh, and if she wants to make it faster, if you want to craft something at a higher speed, that just makes the DC harder and you have to roll for it, meaning there's a chance for failure. So, um, the DC would raise by five if you want to do it in uh, half the time. Oh, okay. For, well, this is for, uh, the potion, what, the base cost is under 250, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, the, the, the actual cost versus how much I pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual cost is under two fifty. So that that's no, it's it's four fifty. Oh, Arlen pays two fifty. Never mind. Then that would still take eight hours. So yeah. Uh, so it's still um, the DC increases by five. So normally it would be a DC. What's what level are you casting it at? Or uh, level three? Level three. So it's, it's a DC. It's a level eight. two summoner spell, but I'm using extend on it to make it a level three. Got it. So it's a level three potion, which means the DC to craft the spell is uh 23 but that you can take 10 on because that's either you you can replicate it or you can't you know what i mean um the craft the potion is going to be a dc of normally eight but you add five to that so a dc of 13 and you'll have to roll for that one yeah so i actually have to roll for both of them because i Mm -hmm. only have plus 11 is that right oh i see i see for my craft alchemy correct yeah. Uh, well, no. What, what about for you? Is that your highest? Like, what about our uh, our yeah. spellcraft or whatnot? Okay. Yeah. So then, roll for the twenty three to emulate the effect. Uh, so since she's not an actual magic user, she can't just cast. She doesn't know any spells. So this roll is for her to emulate the spell effects through other means, through her crazy scientific means. Um, that's a twenty nine. So you definitely uh, um, do it for the first potion. Roll one more time for me. Okay. The same. Yeah, yeah, because you got to do it for each potion. That's uh, a 14. So, um... Well, I was actually only going to make one potion, and I was oh, going to well, make my go-go gadget arms. That's why I was confused. Uh, got it. Never mind. Um... So, yeah. that first roll is for... Well, well, then that's perfect. So, we'll say that the first roll is for, um... The emulating the spell, which you succeeded mm-hmm. at. The second mm-hmm. roll was for making the potion. Uh, and even with that increased DC of 13, you still succeed. Yep. There okay. you go. So, um, while I'm there, I make one uh, extended haste potion. And then I make my go-go gadget shoes. Okay. The first. To activate them, do you have to yell go-go gadget shoes at the top of your lungs? Uh, no, I do not. I yeah. just have to... To tap my foot properly. Excuse me, Arlen is aware of copyright laws, so um, <laughs> so okay. Uh, and then you spend. Um, how, is that going to take you? What is that? Just the first day, or is that both days? Or no, that's just the first day. I was going to say it shouldn't take you too too long. All right, so no. the first day you 
doing that. Um, all right, we'll, we'll just go with that. So the first day you're doing that. Um, everyone else, what are you guys doing the first day? Not it. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Nose goes. Did you just nose goes me? Yeah. <laughs> I will kick you off this bed. What's a nose goes? You, uh... Yeah, it's you... Wait, hold on. You have a child and you don't have nose goes? What the hell do they teach you in Canada? My child is two. She doesn't exactly teach me a lot of expressions. I don't even know what a nose goes She has a nose, doesn't she? What? Whoever, the last person to put their finger on the nose is the person who has to go. Got it. Okay. I was just going to say... I was just going to say, you better hope that uh, Spiral Child does not have the very rare condition of not having a nose. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? And that was not just a very insensitive comment. No, my kid doesn't have a nose, you horrible person, you. <laughs> um, all right, so, okay, yeah, so one of you two. Who, what, what you doing? What you doing? Um, I suppose we'll just tackle this now. Um. Weary is going to find kind of a quiet moment to um, slip off, and she's uh, going to not really tell anyone where she's going, but she is going to head down to um, the Temple of Serenity. Okay. Serenray, her uh, her patron deity. Um, so there are a few temples of Serenray and Corvosa. Uh, Corvosa, mm, not as many. Uh, Serenray is not a very popular deity in this town, given that this town is very much into material wealth and selfishness. And while you wouldn't say necessarily evil, I mean, there is a temple of uh, Asmodia here. So, you know, not typically uh, the fan favorite Serenray there. But there are a few small temples, um, and I, I, I assume Miri would know of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Muri a frequent visitor to these, this temple? Yes. Okay. So, uh, you would arrive there. Uh, it's a very small, uh, building. It's only got, uh, one central room where this used for worship and prayer. And then a few, uh, rooms in back for the, uh, the three clergy that run the temple to stay and eat and, and live. Um, when you are uh, into the temple, it is unsurprisingly empty. Um, there is one of the uh, custodians who is a, a cleric of um, some some skill. The head the head cleric of the temple. He is currently sweeping out the uh, the floor. He's uh, he's in his late sixties. He is balding on top. He still has a few wisps that uh, kind of fall over uh, his forehead a lot. Like he he has this unconscious habit of kind of like flicking them up with his finger, but it just falls right back down. Um, and uh, he's a very kind gentleman, very wrinkly skin. Um, he has a bit of a stoop to his back, but as far as as long as Muri has known him, uh, his name. Hang on one second. His name is uh, Kylan. Let me spell that for you. Sorry, I was just looking for the spelling for it. You're good. Kylan. K-Y-L-N. And as long as Muri has known him, he has always been uh, just a very kind and warm soul. Um, He's the type of person that if someone's having a really bad day, he'll sit on a pew next to them and just talk to them. And somehow he's really good at just making them feel better. That's the kind of uh, cleric that he is. 
Okay. So, I mean, she's been coming. She's she's been a disciple of Seren Ray for a very long time, and mm-hmm. she has been frequenting the temples of Seren Ray in this city for as long as she's been here, which mm-hmm. is a fairly considerable amount of time. That's a couple. That's a good couple of years that she's got in here. Right. Um, so she knows she knows the people who run this place fairly well, um, and they have. Um, they have kind of been what she's fallen back on when she didn't really have a whole lot else. So they've they've probably been there for the the biggest loss of her life, which was her her children and her orphanage and her husband. So there are few people that she trusts more than these people. Okay. I, I would go so far as to say that Kylan especially probably offered you a place to stay when it happened, though Miri, being uh, uh, stubborn as she is, probably wanted to stay where she was familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So uh, when you walk in, you don't see any of the other clergy, but you do see Kylan uh, sweeping out the floor. And you're familiar with this too. Even though he is the headmaster, so to speak, he, he firmly believes that um, even the highest priests should not be above the most menial tasks. So it's not uncommon to see him sharing the chores. Uh, when Mary walks in, she will greet him, and she will offer her help. Ah, uh, Mary. Welcome. Welcome. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you for quite some time. It is been a few weeks that I struggle to come to terms with. Oh, I see. Well. And he kind of like puts the broom down. I was getting bored anyway. Have a seat. Have a seat. Would you like some tea? Please. He'll nod, and uh, he'll actually beckon for you to follow him out of the main temple and into more of the living quarters, uh, where there's a very simple kitchen. Uh, it has wooden furniture, a table with three chairs, and uh, a small uh, brick oven. And uh, there's already a, a kettle on there uh, with warm water, and he'll beckon you to sit, and he'll pull out two simple clay cups, and um, he'll... Uh, put uh, like a, a tea strainer with different leaves in it and he'll take the kettle, he'll pour two cups of tea and then he'll bring them over to you and place one in front of you and then sit down across from you with one for himself. So, my good friend, what troubles you? There are children in my house again. Well, you've you started the orphanage up again. Not just me. What? I found others in similar situations who what? had been wronged. Ah, I see. I see. Dear one, this is wonderful news. There are so many children out there that could use a wonderful caretaker like you. Why is this a troubling thing? 
Because I failed once before. Who's to say I won't again? No one. But he hesitates as he like had the cup halfway to his lips and he puts it down. Failure is a part of life. We all fail. It's the only way that we truly ever learn. In my experience, failure is not something to be feared. No matter how horrific the failure is, it is something to be belittled. I know that sounds a little strange, a little weird, but you cannot let failure touch you. I know how hollow that sounds, dear one, especially after what you've gone through, but you are a wonderful caregiver, and you cannot let events that were beyond your control keep you from doing what you were meant to do. If only it were that simple. Yes, well... Nothing in life is ever simple, but it can be easy to comprehend. You are a mother. It doesn't matter if it's your own children or those you find that need care. That is what you are. To deny that is to deny yourself, to deny the gifts that Serenray has given you. Perhaps, but it is a difficult task to carry two mantles at once. I two was, mantles? I was ready. I was ready to accept my defeat. Mm-hmm. And slip quietly into anonymity and live the rest of my life in a broken house. I had thought the embers of my... Failure were long cold, and I had thought that there was nothing left in life. That I would live my days here as a shell of who I used to be. And then I found others. Others who, like me, had been wronged, and who, like me held that stubbornness in their hearts and made it their own. Others who were not so ready to be defeated. But you've turned their purpose to helping the young. This is a good thing, Marie. It is not their purpose. and Though I would like to believe otherwise, I do not think that if their goal strays elsewhere that they will stand firm with me. I see. And he's quiet for a very long time. And he says, there's something else bothering you. You're dancing around something, Weary. I've known you far too long. What is it, dear one? Is it just to take life if you know that life deserves to be taken? With that, he sits up, kind of taken back by the question. And then he says, 
Do you want my honest answer? I would hear nothing less. I used to think that there was no cause to take a life when I was younger, back before you were born. Uh, Have I told you I've been in this temple for over 40 years? No, but I had assumed as such. I'd been here about 10 years. Uh, Our following was bigger back then. Um, But uh, I believed in my young naivety that that all life was precious and should be protected at all costs and, and that there was nothing you could do that would deserve such a final solution as death. I believe that was what Sarah and Ray would ask of me. And then one day, I had a, a mother and a father and their child come to me, a poor, destitute. They had lost everything, and they were looking for comfort, uh, help, something. And I, I did what I could. But when I was talking to them, Three men came in, closed the door behind them, big, thuggish brutes. They came in, and they demanded gold. And, uh, Mary, you know we are not a very uh, profitable temple. We never were. And this family had no gold. I told them that I had none, offered them tea and, and prayer and serenray and... They struck me down. They then proceeded to murder the husband and the child and started to do unspeakable things to the woman. There was no hesitation to them. There was no remorse. There was nothing but pure joy in their eyes. They loved it. They reveled in it. I had never seen anything like it. I, in my desperation and confusion, reached out to Serenray and burned them down where they stood. I realized that day that there are some people in this world that do not deserve your pity. There are some people in this world that require strong action. I learned that day from Saren Ray herself that she is a god of justice. Sometimes, as hard as it may be, justice requires strong action. Perhaps. But... I fear that I am not the right person to dispense such things. Perhaps I am not fit to be the judge, jury, and executioner of wrongdoers. What if my judgment phrase? My hands are made forgiving and not taking. Unfortunately, child, I can't answer that for you. Only one can. 
she can only be spoken to in your prayers. Have you tried? You have been following the ways of Saren Ray for years now. Have you ever tried to commune with her? I have asked her favor once before. In a time of great anger. I see. Anger is not justice, dear one. Come with me. And he'll stand up and he'll uh, lead Muri further back to a place where you've never been. You've never been past, like, he's invited you to tea on many occasions, but you've never been further than this. He takes you to a small private chapel uh, with room enough for only one or two people and uh, a statue of Saren Ray. And he says, on my darkest days, I come here to speak with her. I cannot answer your question. She can, if you have the will to talk to her. Um, where he will, will sort of glance around the chapel and sort of sit. Um, I assume there's there's like chairs. No, actually, it's it's uh, it's like there's a place to kneel or 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 sit on the floor. Like there's a pillow on the floor, but yeah. it's a very okay. sparse room. Okay, um, she'll she'll sit there and she'll. Um, Nod to Kylan. Kylan would, without a word, just kind of back out, close the door. She'll probably sit there for a good half an hour to 45 minutes and just think for a little bit about what she wants to do. Okay. Roll me, if you would please, a D100. Oh boy, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 29. All right. After about 45 minutes of sitting still, thinking, inwardly meditating, perhaps calling out to Saren Ray, you slowly but steadily feel a warmth, a presence, uh, a sensation, unlike any you've felt before. I mean, you felt before that you've touched or reached out to Saren Ray. She's been a comfort to you before, but never before have you felt such an intense presence. And in your mind, you hear a very soft, gentle voice. You call to me, child. I have come. And yet, for all my words, I know not what to say. In the silence, the voice continues speaking. I can see. What troubles you? You wish to know if you're doing the right thing. 
It can be hard to know sometimes. But I am not just a goddess of compassion and love. I am a goddess of justice. I ensure that the balance is maintained, that actions have repercussions, and sometimes dark actions require harsh repercussions. It is regrettable, but necessary. I know what you have been through. I know what you have suffered. And I need you to act as my blade. I need people like you that understand what it is to go too far that can see the difference between vengeance and justice. This city faces a dark future, darker than you can imagine. Soon it will be in a battle for its very soul. I will need champions like you. Would you? Would you carry my scimitar into battle? Would you be a cleric in name and in ferocity for me? If this is what you ask of me, I will do no less. It is. The road ahead of you, child, is not easy. But take comfort in that you are not alone. I will always be there. And then with that, the presence recedes in your mind, but not entirely. In the back of your mind, just there, you can feel like Saren Ray is watching you. After that, she'll take probably a good hour or so to just think. <laughs> sure. We we need to, to process this real quick. All right. Well, with that, we'll uh, take the opportunity to move to the others. We'll say that uh, Muri takes time to uh, uh, compile new data. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Arlen. Audrey. Is actually an Android? Yeah, yes. She has been turned into a cyborg. No, uh, Amelia and Otto, what are you guys uh, doing on the first day? You want to go or should I? I don't think mine's going to be... Yeah, whatever. Uh, you you can go first. Sure, yeah. She's drawn. Okay. I imagine Otto would spend a little bit of time watching his wife and his kid. Probably mm-hmm. not trying to approach because... I think they tend to get... Like the weirdo he is, right? Yeah, yeah you know, it's like, who the hell is this guy, right? Uh, I think he would also go visit the blacksmithing shop he used to work at, which was called... Uh... Oh, jeez, I can't remember now, but I have it written down. 
Gorham's vault. And the guy whose name was Marcus, and maybe see if he can get work for a day or two. Okay. To to help, you know, just finish something up or adjust something or sharpen a sword or whatever is available. Sure. And make uh, some iron daggers. Ha ha ha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Uh, auto skill is high enough that um, that you wouldn't have trouble finding temporary work. Uh, he would let you know, like, I'm not looking to uh for a journeyman or anything but but uh for temporary work you're just traveling through or whatnot i could always use a hammer mm-hmm. that would be the plan just for two days i believe though i might okay. be around at some other point sure uh so we'll say you'd work like eight hours a day there uh for the two days um Romy, um 2d4 please Boss, you end up, yeah, that's a good roll, seven. Uh, you end up getting, over the course of those two days, you'll get uh, 70 gold coins and in wages. Sounds good. Um, the other thing, you know, you mentioned that this um, guy here has a training ground. Van Carlo, uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, I'm just really bad with names. Um, so is that like a place where like anybody could go and just like spar or practice, you know, on dummies or, or something like that? Or what are we talking uh, about here? You'd have to... Your character doesn't know, but um, if you were to, say, ask Arlen or Murray, um, or do a little investigating on your own, you could find out. Okay, I guess more specifically what I'm what I'm asking is, is would I know of any place in the city to, to actually go practice fighting? Sure, actually. Um, believe it or not, the old blacksmith shop would have a place to, uh, more than anything else, to test the equipment made, the armor and the weapons. But it's a suitable enough area to practice. That's, yeah. So I would probably spend the remainder of my time doing that. Okay. Um, I do have one. I assume you would spend the evenings at the orphanage near your wife and child, right? Yeah. All right. So the first evening... Um, at some point, uh, what does Otto typically do in the evening? Like, what is he just sitting in a corner somewhere, just brooding or watching or? Well, oh boy, you're asking me the hard questions now, huh? Mm. (laughs) I would think that he might spend some time like meditating about, about Gorham and what maybe his his purpose is and why this has happened and trying to get some sort of answers on that might be something he would do in the evenings. Otherwise, um, previously he would have maybe ad- admired like you know well crafted armor and stuff, but that's kind of far away at this point. And otherwise, he would have probably spent time with his family, but again, kind of far away at this point. So, All right. God, now we gotta sit here and think about. Shit. Yeah. In in the first evening, uh, at some point, probably when you're meditating, uh, you would hear, "It's him, him right there." Are Are you sure, Flack? I I swear, I know it's supposed to be, but I've never seen him. It's him. <sighs> okay, ex- excuse me. Um, Otto, uh, Otto, and you hear the voice of Trinia. Oh hi Trinia, what's uh, what's the, the what's the matter? What's going on? Well, um, she'll like sit down at the table. 
This is so. Um, here's the thing: uh, the others and Flack have kind of explained to me your situation. Uh, we no one <coughs> can seem to remember you. I I can, wait. I've, Flack remembers. Flack nods. Of course. Saw you smash dog and guy. Good hit. Huh. Go on. <laughs> uh, sorry, I I can't remember ever seeing you before, but I suppose that's the point. I've been told that Letta is your daughter, and that, like me, she can't remember you. That's horrible. I bet they had this exact conversation before. Yeah, I try. I try not. I try not to think about it too much. But it, uh, uh, so I wonder if it's worse for me or for her. To be honest, <laughs> I yeah, thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just goes, give me a paper cut and pour lemon juice in it? <laughs> she she goes, but I know that even if I can't remember that it's you that you've done a lot for her and, and, and the kids. And I mean, honestly, in a, some way, if it weren't for you, I, I wouldn't have met my sister, uh, my family. I wanted to say thank you. And I think I might have a way to do it. I, um, I acquired this a long time ago. Uh, and she holds out in her hand a silver necklace uh, and at the at the end of the silver necklace is a, a very tiny um, heart looks very uh, almost very girly in a way I don't mean to say like you know what I mean like it looks like jewelry yeah it's a very shiny it's got a heart on it it's pretty girly exactly. at that point yeah. <laughs> not a lot of guys uh, walk around with heart necklaces on <laughs> and you see that in her hand there are two of them they're exactly the same and she says this is uh well, it's it's it was a magical item. The way it was explained to me, it was used during a war um, for families when the the husband or the mother would go off to war. The one of these would be worn by uh, the the father, and one of these would be worn by the child. And um, it's not a very strong enchantment. But it allows them to uh, very vaguely sense each other's emotions, no matter how far away they are. They can feel if one is happy or sad or or excited. Uh, and it was a way for the the child to connect and remember and and feel closer to the father, and a way for the father to uh, remember their child while they were gone. I, I I think it would still work. Even if she doesn't remember it's you, she would remember it's her father. Huh. Otto kind of sighs a bit. It's like, well, I... Some of the things running through my heart these days, do I really want her to feel that? I'll have to maybe... Should keep a better check on my emotions. Maybe it'll be good for me. She nods. You'll have to stay happy. For her sake. 
It's a tall order. <laughs> she says, I, I wish I could do more, but I, I'm not a wizard or a mage, but if you are willing, I could give the other one to her, tell her it's from her father. That she should be able to remember. And then even if she doesn't know your face, she would know that you are alive and care. Regardless of any possible downsides, I, I couldn't possibly say no to this. Good. Good. Um, well, then, since I probably won't remember you, uh, I just want to say thank you for everything. And she'll give you uh, the the two necklaces, and she'll say, you will have to give it to Letta. And tell her it's from her father. Oh, hell. <laughs> and you don't have to thank me. I'm no hero. This is... I've been put in a situation where I'm I'm acting for almost purely selfish reasons, so... There's no need. She shrugs. Well, I'm an artist. It's my prerogative to see heroes in anyone I want. True story. She'll nod, and then she'll say, "Well, um, I guess I should get to uh, huh, forgetting you." <laughs> um, sorry, I'm sorry. Was that was that cruel? I, I'm sorry. I just this is so weird. I'll see you next time. Okay. Yeah, she is definitely related to Amelia. <laughs> and with that, she gets up and walks away. And uh, you see, like Flax standing there, shaking his head. And saying, like, he just kind of mumbles, Flack member? Not hard. <laughs> How come you can remember? What did you do? Where are you come from? What is this? Flack looks you straight in the face, like, thumps him straight in the face? In the face! No, he looks you straight in the eye, thumps his chest, and say, Flack! Smart. <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't think that's what it is. Do you what? Do you do? You, do you worship a god? Who do you pray to? Oh, goblins have goddess. Uh, worship maybe, uh, not voluntarily. Um, Flack, branded coward and outcast, Flack assumed no longer had to worship. Flack prefer that way. Ah, nah. Again, no connection. Otto looks at the... Puts the one necklace on. Looks at the other one. Face palms. (laughs) And proceeds out the room to go look for Lydda. Okay. Um... Lita, along with uh, about three other children, is currently outside giving Toby a bath. Oh, rats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, is uh, Anna around, the mom? The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume she'd be hovering nearby making sure the kids don't throw suds at each other. (laughs) 
Okay. God forbid they get clean. I think the adult way to approach this is to go to Anna first. Say, um, so let's just wondering if I could just have a word with your daughter for a second. I've got something um, to give her that she might like that's um, so a memento of her father's maybe that was passed to me through various channels of which I will not name. <laughs> that's not conspicuous at all. <laughs> She looks at you. Um, you want to give my daughter a gift? Uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna skip this. She yeah, she doesn't the, remember me. Do yeah, I know yeah. you? What's your name? I I I don't want to make you as a player go through this every time, but Otto has to. Um, yeah. So let's let's go past that part. What do you tell her as far as who you are? Well, I'm. I've been hired as sort of protection for the orphanage because Got it. there was previously some problems. Okay. And so uh, she'll say, oh, oh, were you one of the ones that helped rescue Letta and the others? Yes, I was. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm so pleased to meet you. Thank you. I mean that. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, my, my manners are horrible. I, I haven't, uh, I thanked you until now. Um, Oh, it's it's perfectly fine. I just I've got this this it's just a cute little necklace for her that's been passed to me, and I just want to give it to her, and I will be on my way. Uh, no harm, N- nothing weird. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't make it weird at all. Roll me a diplomacy check, please. Oh boy! <laughs> as soon as you say nothing weird. <laughs> it makes it weird, right? It makes it weird. <laughs> oh, I'm not good at this. Uh, oh. I should never, ever again play. I have to assume <laughs> she found this enduring before she forgot you somehow. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nat one. Zero. <laughs> it's because I have minus one to diplomacy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, especially when you say that. It's um, not weird at all. <laughs> she goes, uh, that's uh, very, um, you know, uh, Letta is not good around strangers, uh, which, by the way, you know is not true. Letta talks to strangers. At least the letter you knew would, like, chat up strangers like it was nothing. And she's like, uh, I don't know. It might might be, you know, stressful for her. Um, why don't you give it to me? And then, uh, if I, uh, when I, um, if it's safe, I'll give it to her. Okay, I'm going double or nothing on this, everybody. You ready? Okay, Otto says... Okay. Otto says, look, I was friends with her father, and he he made me promise that if he was ever separated, that I would get this to his daughter. He made me promise, and I'm not leaving here until I finish my promise. 
which is supposed to be a bluff because I'm lying right, really right, badly. Right. Please, please roll me a bluff. Uh, I'm finishing my promise. This could be a minus three. Just saying. Just so uh, or six. <laughs> okay, you rolled a six, but um, her eyes widen when you say that, and she goes, "You, you know, you know," and she like starts to speak several times, and then like shakes her head in frustration. Why can't I remember his name? You know, my husband. Yes. Where is he? Um, a wizard did it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Did what? Well, there's, there's been some problems and I didn't get the full story, but the whole, you not remembering him is part of it. And he's trying to come back and he was hoping this might help because this is a, magical necklace. (laughs) Let me guess. Lydda doesn't remember him either, does she? She shakes her head. This might help. She remembers she had a father, but we can't... I can't remember his face. Yeah. Okay. If you are trying to somehow trick me or hurt my daughter, I swear to you. Do you trust Flack? Or GM, is anyone else around that does remember me, a.k.a. one of the PCs? Oh, I'm sure Flack's been following you this whole time. Okay. Do, you, do you trust Flack? Look at this face. How could you not trust this cute little goblin? And Otto will like grab his chin and squeeze his cheeks. <laughs> she like looks kind of half disgusted. She's like, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but yeah, kind of. Flack, am I am I a good guy? Am I gonna hurt these these fine people? Oh. Flack hit that one guy with, I mean, Otto hit that one guy with Flair really good. Yeah, but he was a bad guy. Right. Right. Uh, he looks at Otto. Wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> and like grins like from ear to ear. <laughs> and actually bats his eyelashes. How could you not trust that face? <laughs> and... Uh, all right. I, I like to imagine that Amelia is like walking past and then pauses to like survey the scene of just Otto squishing Flack's face and Flack just giving Anna this like big beady eyed grin and Anna's just like, um. Hey, when you have to use a goblin for a character reference, you know you've really sunk to a low point, all right? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, you had the option of waiting until somebody else could facilitate this, but you were like... I didn't think no, about that. I just... I'm a charge-in kind of guy, all right? <laughs> I'm just going to go do it. 
Um, she goes, all right. If you think it will help, what, what's the necklace do? You said it's magical? Uh, it's... I'm no wizard myself here, so this is the layman's uh, version of it. But it's it's supposed to be some kind of like emotional connection. So maybe she'll get some glimpses or some uh, feelings of of what he's going through now. Okay. If right. you know if if things if it. If it's giving you bad feelings or something awful happens or whatever, just take it off. It's just a necklace. But she nods slowly and she says, "All right, come with me." And she'll start heading over towards Letta. And I follow. Letta, Letta comes over covered in suds. Uh, this nice man is uh, friends with your father. Uh, he has a gift for you from from him. And then she whispers in your I I told her her father's far away, but she thinks that he's on some heroic journey or something. Just please, for her sake, play along. Auto nods. So you probably don't remember me, but I was there when when we helped everyone escape from the uh, the big crocodile. And um, the angry. No, dog. you weren't. I was hiding at the time. <laughs> Mary was there. Uh, Arlen was there. Flack was there. Uh, Flack, was I there? You hit it with Mace really good, <laughs> and gives same smile with batting eyes. Yeah, see, I was just in a slight. I was like in a different place, and maybe you didn't see me, and there was a lot of commotion. But oh. I, I helped. Oh. Okay. Anyway, uh, I have a special present for you. Do you like shiny things? <laughs> wow. Is I have this... a shiny heart necklace. <laughs> and do you show it to her? Yeah. Dangle it. She like, she like goes, wow. Is this real? It's a real shiny heart necklace. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, 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 takes it and then like puts it between her teeth and like starts chomping on it. It is it real silver? I don't know. I saw someone do this. So I don't know how to tell. Yeah, you're gonna hurt your teeth doing that. Watch out with that. Oh. Here, why don't you, you know, put it on your around your neck? Here, I'll help you. And I put it on her neck. Okay, she and she lets you and. Tuck it into her shirt, I guess, if she's wearing a shirt. You said she was in yeah, water or something. Would be. Yeah, she would be wearing a shirt. Okay. Um, it'd be soaked, but yes. Uh, and, and Anna would say, this is necklaces from your father. Uh, this nice gentleman says that it's magical that you should be able to feel his emotions. Really? Uh, tell me something, Otto. When she puts the necklace around her neck... You get a vague sensation in your mind. Uh, just a, a vague... It's like a muted set of emotions that feel like um, 
It's a strange feeling because on one hand, it feels like they're your emotions, but on the other hand, they're muted and you can tell that they're not because they, they don't follow what you feel, if that makes sense. Yep. There's no um, reason, right? It's right. like you feel right. away and there's no reason for it. Exactly. Um, curious and happy is what you feel. Hmm. Okay. Now you started all that with tell me, Otto. So where's the question in that? <laughs> How does Otto feel at the moment? Okay. <laughs> what I, is his mind? I had a feeling that's what you're going for. Um, yeah. uh, probably a combination of hope and apprehension at the moment. Okay. I don't know if those are uh, so emotions. She puts, she puts the necklace on and her face scrunches up and she goes, Um... Dad must be really um, confused, I think. And I, I think as soon as he realized it's working, it would probably brighten his spirits quite a bit, right? Uh, her smile would widen. She goes, no, no, he's happy. <gasps> Mom, it works, I think. I guess I think it's working. I- I know, I, is this, and she'll look at you, Letta will look at you seriously and say, is this real? Is this what my dad thinks? I, I think so. I, like I said, I'm no wizard and I didn't make it, but from what I understand, yeah. The muted emotion in your mind turns to a very large mix of sorrow and joy. And Letta starts sobbing. Stay strong. <laughs> Anna will uh, comfort her, um, but you can tell like it, it's it's like a it's a cross between she's really happy she has something from her father and yet really really sad at the same time. Yeah, no, I uh, I get it because yeah, it's it's a yeah. reminder, right? Yeah, so Anna comforts her. And uh, she looks to you and she mouths like, thank you. Otto nods and, you know, slightly bows and exits gracefully before sticking his other foot in his mouth. Okay. And, you know, making it weird. Right. Uh, And as you leave, uh, Amelia, you see Flack run and, like, Cannonball jump into the sudsy, soapy Toby. His job is done. (laughs) (laughs) She speed walks out of the splash zone. Speaking of Amelia, uh, Otto, is that a good place to end? Perfectly uh, fine with me. All right, perfect. Uh, What's Amelia doing? Amelia is going to be... um... I guess she would be looking for her sister. Alright. Um you would find after I'll say we'll say it's after that event. Mm-hmm. You'll see uh Trinia like pacing back and forth in the uh in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. She she spots her and like takes a half step forward and then like 
stops and then turns around and starts walking away and then turns around again and starts walking forward and then pauses, takes a really deep breath and goes, hi, (laughs) and just immediately grimaces. Oh, uh, Amelia, um, hi, did you see, um, I, 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 I may have messed up. I don't know. Um, um, I, uh, and she starts like talking in a rush. Like she comes up to you and, uh, completely ignoring personal space, like grabs your hands. And uh-huh. she goes, Amelia, I, I gave, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember, but he's Otto? sure. Um, yeah. I gave him a gift because, uh, his daughter can't remember him. And, uh, I thought that was really sad. And I had this old little trinket that I had, um, that could, uh, help the father and the daughter feel emotions. And I gave it to him. And I think it's a good thing, but I don't know. I may have really screwed up. Amelia is just slowly nodding the entire time. <laughs> Okay. Um, so you you gave them you you gave them things that would make them feel. Well, it, they feel each other's emotions. Supposedly, it only works with family. So I could I could never test. It. Oh God, I could have tested it. Oh God, I could have tested it. And she like claps her forehead like. Oh no! Oh, because you're my sister. You're my sister. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, I'm such an idiot. Anyway, yeah, they're supposed to be able to feel each other's emotions if they're connected by blood. And I thought it was horrible that they can't be with their dad. But maybe if they knew that this was from their dad, they could remember and feel something. And and but I don't know. Maybe I made things worse. Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. Oh my god! I'm such an idiot. I could have tested it first. Well, well, that that aside, um, everyone makes mistakes. This is this is very new. So, um, I, I, I guess it's it's okay. Uh, why why do you why do you think it's a mistake? Well, because I, I've. I don't know anything about him. What if he's, uh, what if he's horribly depressed all the time? What if I just put a necklace around a girl that makes her feel rage or something? I'm just imagining, like, in the middle of one of our fights, this tiny <laughs> girl just starts beating the crap out of one of the other kids. <laughs> uh huh. Alright, um, Amelia just, um, looks at her and, like, lightly puts her hands on, um, Trinia's arms and goes, it's, There's, there's no real way to know 
what another person feels. It's, it's kind of hard to know people normally, and he's not exactly easy to get to know when you can't really remember him. So um, it's there's there's not really much you could have done, but you you tried, and that. That's something. Yeah, but I've I've tried before, and I've I've screwed things up. Uh, uh, like Flack, Flack is convinced he's a coward, and for years I've tried to convince him he's not. Uh, but uh, it just seems to make it worse. It's almost like he feels like it's a uh uh a state of being that he just can't get rid of. And every time I try and convince him he's not, uh, well, it doesn't go well. well. What if this is like that? Well, you won't know until um, it's done. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. So you're saying that I can't let the fear that I might have screwed up paralyze me from screwing up more. <laughs> I think. <laughs> is this is this what it's like having a sister? Is like having someone that I can bounce ideas off of and, and, and make me feel better when I screw stuff up? I, I mean... I, I, I suppose so. I'm, I'm not really used to being the one doing the, the, the comforting thing and stuff. She uh she paused and she says, "Well, it's nice." Oh, I'm glad. Um, <clears throat> um, so so aside from um general panicking, how 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 are you? Oh, um, well be honest with you the kids all day every day it's just hard i am um, i was actually thinking i could use like a day off a day out uh you know i could use a sister to go shopping with or I, oh i could show you where i used to live in the shingles it's uh oh it's actually pretty crappy but it's a beautiful view or, I don't know. I mean, maybe you're really busy. Uh, I mean, not, not particularly, but does, does it involve a great deal of climbing? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's the shingles. But I can show you how to get up there. Oh. Okay, um, so, so all right. And she gets like a little tone. So here's the plan. Tomorrow morning, we're telling Mary... That uh, you need me for sorcery stuff. And that we're going to be gone most of the day. So that someone else is going to have to watch the kids. And then we're going to go and have uh, fun. A good time. I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be amazing. Amelia's just kind of standing there staring like 
mouth half open, like she's trying to find the words and they're just not there. And so finally she just nods slowly. Perfect. And she gives you a quick hug. And like before it even registers that you've just been hugged, she's already gone. <laughs> she just kind of like blinks, looks around, and then goes back to her room. Just like, all right, I need to decompress. <laughs> all right. Uh, so day two, uh, unless the players have anything, I'm going to move things along a little bit quicker. Um, Arlen and Otto spend again most of the day. Uh, <laughs> in their shop. Uh, they're varying different shops. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does Amelia tell Weary that uh, she needs Trinia? Uh, I mean, is, is Weary actually at the orphanage? It's day two, then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I assume, yeah, I assume... That's a good question to ask first, though. I assume, Weary, uh, you would eventually return, Correct. Uh, yes, and there is she'll, there's one thing she'll want to look at, at and on day two, but she'll be more than happy to watch the kids, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're her kids. Uh, yes. I, I will Amelia, say this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Amelia would start being like, yes, I need her for... <sighs> she needs a day off. Would, would that be okay? Like, I, I, I promise we'll be back in time to help for dinner and, and take her... Okay. <laughs> and she'll go. So, okay, so you'll find Trinia and she'll be like, so did you tell her that you, did she buy it? Yeah. She did. Let's go. <laughs> and so you two go off. Um, you spend most of the day uh, maybe doing a little shopping. She does actually take you to where she used to live in the shingles. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in the poorest part of Old Corvosa. Um, it's up on the rooftops. It is... To call it a hovel is a disservice to hovels. Trinia was living far worse than you and your mother ever were. Um, It was little more than a room uh, of, like, plywood surrounded by other rooms. Though you do notice that uh, her neighbors uh, seem to generally think fondly of her. Um, other than that, um, during the day two, is there anything anyone would like to do or mention? I know, Arlen, you are making stuff as well. Yes. Uh, another potion. Do you want me to roll again for the potions or? Yes, poles. Well, actually, here's the thing. If you're just making the gloves and the potion, do you need to make it faster? Uh, well... Yes, because of okay. the time that it takes. All right, then roll for it. Well, do I have to roll to emulate the spell again? Yep, each time. Okay. So that I is the that problem first. of being an artificer. Oh. You could make it, but you wouldn't be able to make it extended. Okay, so I'll just make a regular one that's not okay. extended. Regular haste potion, got it. Yep. And then the craft, which will actually only be a, a 12 this time because it's a DC 7 to make. Because you're not extending. Okay. There you go. 
You and did then, it. Yep. You rolled the exact same roll twice in a row. Yes, I did. 11 plus 11. That was a lot of ones that make twos. Um, so you have two potions of haste, one extended, one not. Um, yep. Your uh, go-go gadget shoes. And what's the other thing you're making? I'm making a flame-throwing glove that um, is spontaneous immolation. It uh, imitates the spontaneous immolation spell. And so when I point my finger at a creature, it causes spontaneous uh, burst, uh, causes it to spontaneously burst into flames. No, no, no. You you can't just point at it. You have to snap. Well, (laughs) okay. And when we say spontaneous, we mean a jet of liquid fire throws. (laughs) Yeah, a jet of fire flying out of my hand uh, and... um, the person catches on fire and the target uh, takes 3d6 damage uh, fire damage and catches on fire a successful fortitude save reduces the damage by half and prevents them from catching on fire Uh, for each round on my turn uh, the burning target can attempt to make a new save to extinguish the flames otherwise it's another 1d6 until they put the fire out Nice. Very nice. But what does uh, the glove look like? The Nintendo uh, Power Glove. Oh, yes. I was, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's good enough. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. So is there anything the, the characters, the players would do? Any interactions or anything you'd want to note that, hey, I was doing this or... Um, there is actually something that Weary would want to ask Hako about. Um, so she would try and catch him towards the end of the evening, probably when he's coming back from his short-term job. Otto? Um, you there, buddy? Oh, I'm sorry, what? What? Weary uh, was going to uh, ask Otto a question when he was coming back from his second day of work. Yeah, uh, you're asking when I'm coming back, or you're going to ask me a question? No, once I'm I come going back. to ask you a question. Okay, I'm ready. I'm here. Sorry, I was okay. I was far away. I, I know. <laughs> long, uh, long time ago, and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, so Mary will kind of um, ask you to follow her, and she will lead you um, up the stairs. Um, you've not really seen her room. Um. She's not a super friendly person and doesn't usually invite people in here. Yeah, and I don't um, think Otto would be barged into people's rooms very often either. Yeah, this no, probably is not a thing that's happened. Uh, but there's a couple small trinkets, and on the walls you can see that there have been... Um, there's a, a long stick, and attached to the stick are, are feathers of different lengths. Um kind of hanging all in one row, and it starts with a, a small, fluffy down feather, and it grows to a, a, a longer, flat, clearly a tail feather that's about a football. Um, this is pinned to the wall, and there's a couple bottles of something on the shelf that are sort of white and powdery. Um, it, it, it looks well lived in. She's got, like, an old comforter, and she's got a bunch of 
bundles of yarn and she was clearly knitting something at some point that sort of devolved into a blanket. Um, but she, she pulls an old trunk out from under the bed and this thing is old and gross and dusty. Um, and she, um, pops it open and pulls out a handful of metal shards. Um, there's probably, there's two or three of them and they're, they're all about, um, four or five inches in length. And um, she then pulls out the belt and tip of a scimitar that was badly, badly broken. Oh, so the shards are the blade of the scimitar then? Correct. Gotcha. Putting it, I'm putting the pieces together. Hmm? Hey, well, that's what she's about to ask you to do. <clears throat> um she explains that this sword belonged to her husband once upon a time and that she had never um, she had never wielded the blade, but that it had been broken um, during the battle that killed their daughter. And she is interested in having it repaired. Okay, that is something I can do. It may take a while for one. Um, is it enchanted or magical in any way? No, just sentimental. Sentimental. Uh, I can. It might take like a week or more. Um, why don't you just leave it with me and I will... Uh, you know, if we get any more downtime or whatever, I'll see if I can bring it over to uh, Marcus's shop and, and work it there. Of course. Cool. I'm I'm uh, surprised you put this kind of trust in, in me and my skill. You're not usually one to share. Consider it a change of heart. Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll let you know how it's going, and or when I'm done. All right. Um, anything else before we move on? Okay then. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. There is one more thing that there there is there is sure. a chance if I. Sc- screw up that this might be unsalvageable at least in its current state I mean we might might have to get some more material is is that okay like I, I can't 100% guarantee that it'll go back together just like this it is metal I had assumed you would melt it down and make it again yeah uh, it it's possible some of the metal could go to waste. It's it's not likely, but sometimes that does happen. In which case, there would need to be additional metal from an outside source, which I, I can get, but if your concern is it being the original pieces, it's, it's possible that could happen. 
she considers this and and says, uh, I would like it back in pieces it came in, but if this is not possible, then we shall make do. Okay, I, I will do my best. I appreciate it. And Otto would gather up the shards however he could and haul them back to his room for safekeeping. It wasn't okay. it, like it wasn't a super awesome sword either. Like it was pretty run of the mill. I probably wouldn't even call it Mastercraft. Um, like it was just a sword. And if if you if you had just looked at it, like there was no there are no identifying features that would put this apart from any other sword. Okay, uh, as long yeah. as we're speaking out of character, I mean that there's just a straight up chance on crafting stuff where you no, ruin materials. So, uh, Otto, you you would well know well enough to, to know that this inventory is um <clears throat> it's not fancy, it's not a masterwork or uh, item, but it's it was in its time. Uh, a very reliable, durable, and functional item. It's what you would call good steel. Yeah. <clears throat> Not so much anymore. <laughs> it's still good steel, just because it's broken into pieces. No, it's... God. <laughs> Guy doesn't understand. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, with that, we'll say uh, the second day is... Uh, draws to a close, uh, or is drawing to a close, to about the time where you're supposed to meet, uh, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting his name, Van Carlo. <laughs> yeah, uh, Van Carlo. Uh, who again is not that far from where you guys live. Uh, so let me go to the map over here. Um, he is trying to find out he's over uh by the docks um uh towards the back of the city mm-hmm. um he's he's in this area i don't know actually which one is his uh, i need to actually look it up because uh mm-hmm. if they actually have it somewhere i don't want to tell you and then be like, i would lie it's this one actually so it's in <laughs> this area back here uh so it's not a very far walk at all um and uh, we'll say that you guys uh, prepare. You you know that you're going into Eel's End, uh, that it could be kind of dangerous, so you're getting ready for it. We'll stop here uh, and Sorry. start up next session with you guys headed to Eel's End.